Good evening, fans. Tim Kittrow here, the voice of NBA Jam. And you're listening to the Game Dev Breakdown Podcast, brought to you by CodeWritePlay.com. Boom shakalaka! Hey everybody, guess who's back? It's Todd Mitchell. This is Game Dev Breakdown. You know that, or you wouldn't have turned this on. So here's the situation. I've been I've been out of the game. This has been a weird year. This has been a whole weird year. Earlier this year, I connected with my local improv scene here in St. Louis. We moved right at the end of last year. I was on a big project that stayed under wraps never saw the light of day, got canceled. I've really invested some time and some energy into some things. And you know what? Every time I do, I always come back to this and go, (laughs) I should just be investing that in myself, in the people who believe in me, in the community we have here. So here I am again. I cannot stay away. And, uh, and I shouldn't, maybe I should, maybe it doesn't make sense, but I'm here anyway. So yeah, like I said, this year, I, I took a writing workshop. I talked about that on the podcast a little bit, did, did some, some intensive writing training under, uh, the guy's name is Rich Tallarico. Very, very, um, well-respected man in literally in Hollywood. Like he was a Colbert writer, Key and Peel, SNL, like this guy has done it all. I was so fortunate to take part in that, worked really hard on that. I have tried training a dog three different times this year. Two did not work out for really upsetting reasons. That's been a whole thing, but we finally have our forever boy. We got a a Boston Terrier who's been here about a month and a half now. He's awesome. I'm getting up in the middle of the night to let the dog out in the backyard, probably once an hour or maybe two. No, no, (laughs) no more than every two hours. I'm standing out back and it's getting cold. It's getting cold outside. We've had a lot of rain. We've had a lot of stuff. That's to, uh, to sort of illustrate what I'm up against when it comes to game development, content creation, managing the circle of friends that have sort of gathered around the stuff that I do. And I I appreciate you guys so much. That does not make it any easier to, to get in the office. So he's getting, my dog is getting to a point where he's cool after like 8 PM. He's in his little, uh, little spot downstairs and he's ready to sleep through the night. That's been great. I'll still be up at two or 3 AM something like that tonight to let him out. Uh, that's all fine. We wanted this. My son wanted this. The family decided now is the time. So I, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. We'll have a puppy for the holidays. That's cool. But I'm also sort of steeped in more game development stuff now in these last few weeks than I have been in years since I worked on my uh, my indie game uh, some years ago now. I, I'm doing more. I'm writing more about it. I'm writing more code. And so I think it'd be fun to sort of, um, look, obviously I, I left off the actual game development episodes on a cliffhanger. Uh, <laughs> I keep bringing up, uh, my buddy, Sebastian Deacon, who was so nice to, uh, volunteer for the first co-development, uh, series. And I just completely let him down. So I feel terrible about that. We haven't even spoken in a long time. But he mostly left Twitter and uh, eventually so did I. So I want to talk a little about that 
I want to talk <laughs> about what's going on. Um, y'all know if you've, if you've listened to the show in the past, uh, I have at times been a unity developer and I probably don't have to uh, remind you what's going on with unity. It's been almost two months now since they lost their minds. So we, we won't go through every little detail of that. Anybody who's interested in it knows sort of what happened, but so unity decided they're going to overhaul their fees guys. Every, every commercial game engine goes through some version of this. If you've been around the game long enough, you saw game maker do this. You saw, we got into it with, I got into it with the guys behind Buildbox for a while because they did a version of this that I found kind of predatory. And that resulted in, uh, <laughs> the CEO and, um, one of his, uh, fellow executives coming on the show to discuss things, which, um, <laughs> was, was kind of interesting. But if you follow any one game engine long enough, you tend to see something like this. So their version was this whole runtime fee thing. <sighs> I never understood that. I, uh, the runtime fee, what does that even mean? Like, I understand what they're saying it means, but does it actually cost them anything? I would argue no. If we have a license agreement, honor that. I don't understand this. You you might recall that I've said on the show before I was a contract game developer for a while through like Upwork and through um, a local studio that contracted with clients. Think of the wrench that throws into that. Thankfully, I don't do that stuff anymore. But imagine trying to work out with your customer. If you're a contract developer, who's going to pay that fee? if and when that surpasses whatever threshold, which may change in six months. So yes, when, when people say like, this is a game killer for unity, I agree. I, th I think it's one of the biggest points I made online was proprietary engines will always lead to heartbreak. Unity is not just, they haven't just stuck their foot in it. They've, this has been a reminder. This has been a reminder of what it's like to try to develop with a commercial engine. You are, if, if you listen to this, thankfully I've made some friends around the industry. We can discuss that another time, but a lot of you guys are aspiring developers, indies, small teams, soloists. It's like trying to strike up an even footed relationship with a massive corporation. I don't think it can be done. I don't think it's wise for you to try to do it. And I have advocated for unity in the past, certainly compared to like unreal engine. Tim Sweeney has done a lot to kind of win me over recently, but I still don't trust him. I don't, I don't trust these, these guys in charge of these big companies and I don't trust the big companies. And I think this is another prime example of why anybody on a small team, you don't have a team of lawyers ready to take this up on your behalf. If you went to court right now against unity, would it change your life? Would it turn your world upside down? It would mess mine up real bad or like real bad. It would. So if you're in that position, that's probably a good reason not to get into business with a company like unity. So I, again, I think this is a reminder more than just the issue itself. This is a tap on the shoulder going, do you still think this is a good idea? And I don't, I'm past it. So, um, again, I, I don't think this is exclusive to unity. I think, uh, you know, we've seen in the past that, uh, Unreal Engine has changed their stuff, sometimes for better, sometimes for worse. Any of these companies will probably drag you through the ringer at some point. So I'm 
going to go ahead and advocate for like, do something open source, do, like get some open source technology behind you. And so, of course, what everyone did after this Unity thing, look, so, I mean, look, the, the blowback was for Unity that, okay, people inside the company said, hey, this isn't cool. People outside the company, hey, we're going to stop using Unity. And the CEO, who everybody remembers, the whole developers are fucking idiots guy, John Riticello, he was part of the communication of this whole thing, and he stepped down from Unity. Okay. By the time that happened, I thought, well, really, that's almost bad news for me because I already decided me and Unity are done. And I think a lot of people had. They thought, no matter what happens, I'm out. And so now, John Riticello is just floating out there, and he may attach himself to something else I don't want him to be a part of. You know what I mean? Like, what if he goes, this is a, a dumb example, but like, what if he goes and like jumps on a board at the Blender Foundation and like, no, okay, Blender's going commercial. Point being that something you rely on, he could go ruin it now. I mean, there's more chance of that happening than me, you know, continuing to hang out with Unity. That's for sure. So a lot of people said the same thing and they said, we're going to Godot. I'm going to pronounce it Godot. I don't care and I don't want to hear about it. For me, like I, I spend a lot of time researching uh, game engines, open source stuff, frameworks, because I'm a, I'm a programmer. I don't mind not having the visual tools and we're going to discuss sort of where I ended up. But a lot of people went to Godot because it is kind of organized like Unity and it, it does kind of when you figure it out, it does kind of feel a lot like Unity feels. So I think there were a lot of people saying, hey, come to Godot. And then a lot of people went, yeah, let's go check out Godot. And that turned into a very interesting couple of weeks, didn't it? When we saw all of these people who <laughs> came came into the Godot community and seemed like they had a lot of expectations and uh, I would say a lot of demands. If, <laughs> if you were Godot's lead developer, uh, his name is Juan... Lenitsky, Lenitsky, something like that. Uh, if, if I was that guy, I would have become pretty unpopular during that time because it should be a dream come true, right? You know, a whole bunch of people see the light about unity all at once, and then they come and check out your open source, you know, passion project that you've been attached to for so long. Godot's in a good place. They just had their big, what was it? Version four release, something like that. So, Big, it's it's looking as good as it's looked in a long time. People are coming up with very impressive uh, works in progress, little demonstrations, little proofs of concept using Godot that look great. Look, you know, next gen, very modern, pushing the bounds of uh, what we can really do with an engine right now. So it's it's a great time and they came at a great time that should have been like, hey, the community, I don't know, doubled in size. Fantastic. But I, I, maybe it was just from being on Twitter and being in just the wrong corner of the internet at the wrong time. But like the people who came over, too many of them seemed like they got really obnoxious, didn't they? Uh, <laughs> there were Godot people who were like contributors who work on the open source stuff, like asking people like, hey, could you not get in and create like a, a ticket, like an issue uh, asking us to put in like actual unity features into Godot. That's not uh, my my point when I wrote about this again, I, I did an article called um, a case for monogame in 2023, not to get too far ahead of myself here. But my point was like, I think it's great. And I like Godot. I was using it when we when we last did the podcast. But my my point was let Godot be Godot. And don't ask it to be unity. 
the people coming over like, well, I'm just here because of C Sharp support and I don't like how the C Sharp support looks. If I was Juan, the lead developer, I would tell these people to go to hell. I really would have. And and then that would have been news. Uh, we would have gone from getting mad at John Riticello to mad at me. I would have strongly encouraged people like that to just try something else. Really what my suggestion would be, if you're such a C-sharp superstar, if you're such a ninja with, with C-sharp, maybe, maybe it's time for you to bump up to something like Monogame. Maybe jump past the engine thing, which is never going to satisfy you. Unity didn't satisfy these guys. They were complaining all day. Godot certainly won't, because now they've spent all this time, years probably, learning all these proprietary menus in uh, Unity, and now they're looking for those same things in Godot and going, where the hell is the cinematic camera, whatever, and it just it just doesn't work exactly that way. I say, if you're such a freaking superstar, start coding from the ground up. Why don't you come over and show us what you got? And in fact, I'm kind of putting my money where my mouth is on that one because I did. I've looked at Monogame in the past. I've talked about it before. In fact, I first learned Monogame stuff when it was still XNA, the XNA framework, which for better or worse, Microsoft developed and released. At the time, I thought this was really cool. The The history here was that Microsoft wanted, like genuinely wanted to support indie developers because they knew, and this holds true today, that supporting indie developers is a good way to pad your, your library, your offerings to uh, customers. That's a good way to greatly increase what's available in the store. You know, Epic can only make so many games so often. Microsoft at that time, before they bought all the other uh, studios and publishers, could only make so much every so often. Bungie, same story. You, you were, We were looking at 14, 15 major, major studios back then. Uh, in I don't know, we'll call it the uh, late Xbox, early 360 days, which is, I think about when they did this. And they went, hey, what if we can make it simpler for indies to make games that can end up on the Xbox. As far as I know, no one has really done anything like that before or since. This was a big deal that Microsoft did this. So I I went out of my way. I picked up a couple of books. I think I've still got XNA books downstairs. I learned it then. I liked it. It was a lot of code. Like it was straight up code. That's all it is. It's not, it's not visual tools. It was a framework to uh, interface with the, the low level computer stuff. And if you made a game using XNA, it was very simple, not just to put out, I think at that time it was simple to have a PC game also. Like, I don't think it was strictly Xbox support, but it would be able to be ported to be uh, an Xbox game also. And uh, I had Michael Hicks on the podcast and we just spoke and I think he wants to hopefully check in with us again sometime soon. I'll certainly take him up on that, but that's how he started. He wasn't even 18 yet. We talked about this because I I met him uh, at a St. Louis event and he gave a, a talk, which I sat in on and he was talking about like he had to wait till his 18th birthday to, uh, Sign, sign the paperwork and earn money for his first Xbox game because of the XNA framework. Okay, so Microsoft did discontinue that, but they they allowed um, sort of the community around it to carry it on. So it turned it merged with like Mono, and then they made Mono Game, which was a uh, this this gets real detailed and it's more information than you need. But the point is, we went from XNA to sort of a in between phase, and now there's 
there's mono game where there was XNA before. And now mono game is open source. It is an open source framework that you're just pure coding in C sharp. They've got some pipeline tools, but it's all very, it's relatively low level compared to if you're doing unreal, if you're doing Godot. So I thought, you know, I've said this before. I, I love to code. I love to know what's going on under the hood. I hate wasting time on proprietary crap that bothers me about unity. And unfortunately, because I'm a coder and because I'm a tinkerer like this, it bothers me about Godot. Also, I love that Godot is open source. I love that there is a uh, community that believes in people getting together, making it better. I would strongly encourage people who don't want to just straight up code, which is almost everybody. If you're just looking for a good way to make a game and you're not going to drive everyone around you nuts, go over to Godot, check it out. It's it. I think it, it's real easy to get started. Um, you could see in several episodes, the progress we made in a very short time with Sebastian's project that we wanted to do. Uh, I, I do. I still want to finish that. I don't, I don't want to leave, <laughs> leave that behind forever, but Unfortunately for me personally, I don't think Godot is going to be the right fit in the long term because even that it's, it's low profile. It's not bloated or anything, but it's a lot of stuff I'm not going to use a lot of stuff I don't need. And for me, I am holding myself to this standard. Also, if I'm that picky, I need to just code from the ground up and I've, I've been working on it for what this whole time. <laughs> I hate to admit it. I had started another unity project right before. I think it was like three or four days before they announced this whole runtime fee overhaul thing. And I even tweeted at that time, I'm like, <laughs> like four fucking days that lasted. And, and here we are. And I said, I'm done. I'm done with it. I'm out. And I am. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going back. So since that time, I've been learning mono game and I've been uh, doing it in VS code. I was an Atom programmer for a long time. I really liked Atom, A-T-O-M, uh, if you're not familiar. And that was like they said sunset that yeah, they killed it. They killed Adam at the end of last year. And so everybody who's anybody says that now VS code has uh, sort of usurped the throne. Fine. So I got in VS code. I learned how to start mono game projects and I've just started a couple of very simple things to tinker with. I've also written on the site about this kind of nice system that I've sort of created for myself where I start this to-do list that follows a certain format. We can talk about that sometime if people are interested, but it's on codewriteplay.com now. So basically I set out a lot of small tasks for myself and each one, it's almost like sitting down and playing a puzzle game for me at this point in my life. Like I'm like, okay, I want to create a status message on a screen. And that's just, that's my little challenge for that moment. And if I hold myself to that workflow, it's, it's this very Zen, very like mindfulness exercise for me. And I don't stress out and I don't think like, how can I make money on this? How big can I make this project? Is this going to fall through at the last minute? I can put most of that out of my mind and I can just go through step by step, small task by small task. And I have learned a ton. I've gotten very comfortable in mono game. I'm sure I haven't done it all, but I've solved a lot of things that have come up, little challenges for myself. And I'm I'm comfortable. I'm happy with it. And I think that I'm going to stick with it. It's still an active development. You can port it anywhere that I would want to port it to. There, there have been some very successful recent mono games. <laughs> I say mono games. They have a uh, showcase tab with uh, games you'll recognize. There are some recent games that went to all the consoles, went to the PC, went everywhere you want to be. 
they were done with mono games. So clearly it's possible. Clearly there's nothing to hold me back. I, I put together an article. Uh, I already mentioned that the title is a case for mono game in 2023. I had several points about that. Again, let Godot be Godot. If, if it, if Godot is what you want, outstanding. If not, move on. And if it's because you don't like what, what you can or can't do in C sharp, come this way, come my way, come to mono game and show us what you got because mono game will not, I assure you, it will not stop you because you get almost nothing <laughs> with mono game. That's honestly what it is. It's a framework. You will get an init function, draw update, and God bless. Like <laughs> I was like, uh, okay, do, will they give, what's a good example? Um, is there a function to draw primitive shapes? Not really, <laughs> not really. If you want to draw a circle, I guess you're going to need to code a function that lets you draw a circle. Okay, great. Like that's, I can dig it. That's, I, I like that more than I like, well, it's, it's buried in these, this sub menu under this menu, under this tab. I don't want to deal with that. I'll just code the damn circle function and I'll, I'll move on. So in that respect, I'm, I'm very happy. And the thing about that is C sharp, very, very popular in throughout the game industry, throughout commercial software that is not limited to games. If you're out there learning C sharp, you're really doing something for yourself. So I think that's a big benefit. And, um, furthermore, if, if you're developing in C sharp, you can jump over to .NET, which by the way, when did .NET go open source? You can do open source.net development now. Am I am I the last to know? I, I guess probably. This wasn't recent. This was in years past. They had an open source fork for a while. And then I know about Visual Studio Community Edition, but like now you can just straight up do open source.net development. Anyway, I bring that up because if you're already doing C sharp, when you get a project that is going to go like big scale, okay, this, this project is going to be a big thing. I need a level designer. I need an animation editor. You can make those things for yourself using C sharp and using the .NET framework. You can just go over. And again, Michael Hicks has some videos about himself doing that for his games, which he's a guy who is putting out console games on a fairly regular basis. He's got another one come out just now. So we'll, we'll probably talk to him pretty soon, but he has a YouTube series where he goes, look, I, I needed a, a simple uh, map editor for, for this game. I got here's how I did it. Here's how it works. It just writes files. Then mono game reads them. Um, he uses FNA, which is a different fork for mono game, but it's all XNA based. So, you can do that for yourself. And the next thing, you know, you're making your own tools. You're, you're doing your own full fledged thing. You've got your own engine at that point. You know, how does anything beat that? I, I think if you can say that you created just what you need for your game and tools that made the, the process easier. So you really achieve something great, man, I, that seems a lot better to me than going like I used unreal engine, the 3d <laughs> super mega, cinematic quality engine and made this small 2d game. I'm sorry. Is that really doing it? I'm, I'm not bagging on anybody who does that, but I'm just saying there's something for me. There's something a lot more pure about, <laughs> about just doing something elegant. Elegant is an old school programmer term. We used to talk about beautiful code, doing elegant things, elegant solutions. It's all about avoiding bloat, avoiding waste, that's still very important to me. That's, that's a value that I still carry with me. So for that reason, 
I'm I'm full mono game. And if you're gonna be one of these guys who's C sharp this, C sharp that, Godot has to get better. Maybe you just need to go learn. And and not to say that these people these people would come and and code circles around me. I have no doubt. I'm encouraging you to do it. I I'm not. I'm not saying like, you'll fall on your ass and I'll laugh. I don't think so. I think when, when those people came over this way, they'd be, they would be very happy and we wouldn't have to hear about it anymore. Also the, the development environment becomes flexible because you can use your VS code. You can use your visual studio. Look, I, I, I also don't like the bloat of like full visual studio. I don't, I don't like my editor to go off like a casino that just opened for the day. Uh, that's that's a stupid analogy. Casinos are always open. Blinking and making sounds and needs to be updated four times and needs to be restarted for the extensions to work. I hate that. VS Code is a slimmed down version of that and it's bad enough. Like there's enough shit that goes off and pops up in my face and wants to reload and doesn't wait for me and just reloads itself. I really dislike that, but I'm not stubborn enough to just do it in like, I don't know, notepad. <laughs> but you could, you could do mono game. Uh, it has a command line interface, so you could use your <laughs> your your uh, command window and you could use your notepad and you could do mono game development. I like that level of flexibility. VS Code is under my limit of like crotchety old man coder stuff, but I'm able to do that and I'm able to be very happy. So if you like flexibility, that's another strong case for mono game. Uh, platform support is fine. It's fine. That's the other thing everybody, I don't, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I was on Twitter too much until like, I don't know, three weeks ago when I pretty much said like, I'm kind of done with Twitter. Since that time, I've had a couple of things go sort of viral. I had people I've been writing a lot, like I said, and I've had friends like our buddy Thomas, who's been on the show and was uh, the subject of one of my book chapters uh, a couple of years ago. He he read something I wrote and we'll talk about that probably in a couple of episodes, but he shared it and it really spread like wildfire. I still had the app on my phone because I was trying to get support from Xbox. That's going to be the topic of another show. But I ran into an issue with Xbox wanted to leave the app on because Twitter is still the best way to get customer service from anyone. You're not going to get it on threads. I like threads, but there's nobody there. It's very quiet. You're not going to, it's not the same interface with companies and stuff like that. Twitter still kind of has that on lockdown, not calling it X. I will die first, but I got this notification. Thomas shared your thing. Hey, everyone's sharing Thomas's sharing of your thing. And the point is when all of this unity stuff hit the fan, it was really stressful. It was kind of annoying to watch all these people go. I would try, I don't know. They would, they would mention different things. I would try love 2d, but I don't know. Like the, the big one was Godot. I would try Godot, but it's not clear that I'll be able to port to consoles. And my question is what exactly are you porting to consoles? I'm not trying to be a dick, but I never hear anything from from some folks, it's, it's this like, it's this crutch. It's this thing, this excuse you use not to jump in. Well, I don't want to do that. How would I get it on the switch? Who do you know at Nintendo? My good man, my good woman. Who, <laughs> what is this? What is this burning project? You're trying to port to consoles immediately. First of all, look, I, I have not shipped to consoles. I'll be the first to tell you that's another story. 
I was contacted by a publisher who ghosted me about a, a console porting project. Very weird. We'll get into it later. There, I've, I've got so much to talk to you guys about. You, can you tell we're on 30 minutes now? These the, This small segment of the community is like, look, I, I'm not doing anything if I can't immediately like hit a button and ship to switch. Almost any major modern engine or fr- or framework really at this point has examples of someone who created a kick-ass project and when the support was in place, they got it on consoles. What? Fine. What are you worried about? Like, what are you so worried about? I don't understand that. And maybe that's wishful thinking. And maybe one day when I really get something out there that gets some momentum, <laughs> Nintendo will come a calling and I'll be screwed because there will be just no way to get it from where it is to the switch. I've not heard of that once. It really seems to me like anytime some look, there are examples. Um, what was that game cross code or something like that? There was a game that was done in like HTML, not HTML, but like web languages using one of the JavaScript engines and they got that to work and it runs great on the switch and on Xbox. And they didn't, I don't think they changed that much. You might have to work with a publisher. And like, that's the other part of it. They go like, well, I'm not paying a publisher. First of all, I, a lot of those deals, I don't think that's how it works anyway. I think that, uh, a lot of those publisher deals, they'd take a cut, which, and and I've had somebody admit to me like, yes, that would be the deal. They would take a cut and I don't want to give it to them. Well, aren't you going to make more money if you pick up a player base on the switch that you didn't have before? Isn't that worth it? Are we just being cheap or is there something I'm not getting? I'm not sure. It seems to me that if you do basically any, again, any major engine, any major framework, and when they want you on the Switch, if they want you on the PlayStation, you're going to get there. It it will be worked out. It'll be resolved. That goes for anything I can think of right now. I know Monogame, it's true. There, there are a bunch of Monogame projects on all the consoles. There are a bunch of, uh, I know there are Game Maker games, little little indie projects that went big. If you're using BuildBox, I don't I don't know how to talk to you, so don't <laughs> I'm going to skip that. But the point is, I'm pretty sure there have been some Love 2D games. I I shipped a Love 2D game to iOS and Android. There it wouldn't have really worked on console and I didn't try. But I think other studios have done so. I don't think we should use that as an excuse. That's that's the whole thing. So, Monogame is right up there. The platform support looks good. The whole thing with open source engines and frameworks, they go, look, we can't talk about support for Xbox, support for PlayStation. That stuff's under NDA. Just like us small indies, these small organizations don't want to get sued. Can we not understand that? I can appreciate that. So Monogame, much like Godot, keeps that under wraps. But the evidence is there, right? Because there are very popular games that you can play on the consoles that were monogame projects. Okay, so that's not really a valid uh, criticism. And there is at least one very cool full 3D monogame project that uh, is in their showcase. It's like old fashioned hockey or something like that. It's a hockey game. And if you look at the videos on Steam, it's pretty cool. Like they did a good job. And so monogame, what they say is when you like search for like, does monogame support 3D? The, the community answer is like monogame supports whatever you want to take the time to do. And again, it's that kind of thing. It's just a wide open field. If you want to do it, look, of course, of course, somewhere where Unity excels and even Godot 3D stuff, there's a visual editor. That's 
That's good. That's a good thing. You don't want to have to go back to the John Carmack days and figure it all out in your brain. I don't have a John Carmack brain. There's no doubt about that. I can, I'm barely, (laughs) I just messed up when I was going to say stringing words together. I'm barely stringing words together. I couldn't get through that sentence. I don't have a John Carmack brain and that's fine. So yes, 3d editors have a step up and I would not fault anyone who was going like, I want to make like a small scale, like grand theft auto style city where you run around. Okay. You look, you could figure it out in mono game. You probably don't want to. I get that. But uh, as for me, I'm doing very small, very indie style stuff. In fact, right now I'm doing a couple of projects that my kid wants to do. Like my eight year old son came up with his first idea for a game. And you know what? That's a little younger than the first time I came up with an idea for a video game and went, what do I do now? Well, boy, I, (laughs) I'm trying to think back and imagine if my dad had been like, well, here's what we need to do. Like, are you kidding me? So if I can, I want to make that dream come true for my son. Now I know the way these things go. I will, we'll, we'll get, we'll figure that out. We'll make a game together. We'll have a lovely time and he'll end up being a, a surgeon or something. That's, that's fine. If he wants to do it now, nothing would make me happier. So that, those are just some thoughts on mono game. Wanted to let you guys know the direction I'm leaning right now, what I'm working on, what I'm learning, because, um, I do want to get into like serious development again. I want to make content that's, uh, if not technical, then at least helpful because I know, I know people listen to the show for different reasons. I'm going to talk about new stuff. There's going to be stuff on my mind. I also want to like be able to talk about design topics and, um, I'll probably never sit here and go through, like (laughs) give like technical documentation style. Like here's, here's what the signature should look like on, uh, this method that draws whatever each frame. It's not, it's not going to be that kind of thing, but I want to be able to speak from a position of like, I'm out here doing it. And that's, that was another big criticism of unity. It's a company that's not out there doing it. They don't, they're not making games like Epic is. They're not, they're not making, they're not making tools that have to have to work. They don't fail if their tools fail. It's true. So when it comes to uh, stuff I'm creating, stuff I'm presenting, like I don't, I don't want to be out here talking about how to get it done and not be getting it done. I've done it in the past. I, I have a track record, but I also don't want to hang that up and be the guy who just talks about it. I want to make games till I die. I, w- I want to make cool, like creative graphical stuff, educational stuff. I do it because I love it. I damn sure don't do it because it's one made me money or two got me an industry job that those things have never been true, but I sure have fun and I sure get to meet fun people and do fun things. That's enough for me. You can tell Look, when was the last episode? When did the last episode come out? And I, again, I went for sure. I'm like, I think I'm done. I think that's it for the podcast. Here I am. I can't stay. I can't stop. I cannot stop. I don't know if it's like one of those bad relationships. Like I just, I can't get away from it. To me, it feels like the opposite. It feels like we're all meant to be, doesn't it? It feels good to me. That's it. Look, if you, uh, if you, <laughs> if you enjoy game dev breakdown, keep it subscribed. If you happen to, I understand I'll have to like try to win some people back who just went like, Oh, I guess the podcast is dead. Come on back, hit subscribe. I promise I will keep things coming that direction as often as I can. Again, things are, are taken off with the dog. My son came in here once during uh, production, but that's, that's pretty good for, <laughs> for an episode since he's been around. 
Only one interruption. Very good. Very happy with that. And, um, Hoping I can get this uh, edited and uh, out the door. It's Thursday night. Let's see how I... No, it's Friday night. Jesus. I did this on a Friday night. Well, that's a dad's life. So <laughs> uh, check out CodeWritePlay.com if you want to uh, follow along the stuff I'm writing during the week. Um, there'll be show notes and uh, stuff like that. This will not be a video episode. Uh, we might go back to video episodes. I don't really know how important it is to anybody that they see... Uh, my face and my wild gesticulating uh, hand gestures that that doesn't seem that valuable. So, and it's easier if I can just blurt this into the microphone, edit and ship it. So again, uh, coderightplay.com catch me on social media. I'm, I don't want to keep, I, I don't want to keep like going back and forth on Twitter. I will put this stuff on Twitter cause it's next to Facebook. It's, it's the highest form of uh, traffic that I get. Mechatodzilla 1D and 2Ls on Twitter, uh, also on Threads. I'm on Threads. If you're on Threads, find me on Threads. That's that's great. Game Dev Pod is the uh, podcast Twitter, and Code Right Play, of course, is the website. So, thanks everybody. Thank you for for listening again. Thank you for listening in the first place. Thanks everybody for the nice reviews, all the support. Somebody just joined the Discord today. Imagine joining this Discord today after like all this silence. And I know that people are doing it because they go like this. They see this and they go like this is this is a hard thing. This is hard to to get feedback and feel like it is. It's it's a, a quiet thing I put this out there and it's because of you guys that I feel something coming back podcasting otherwise would be a very lonely activity um, but you guys keep it fun you guys make sure I feel the love that's that's been awesome thank you so much so that's it for now another one very soon and I will uh, talk to y'all later